salutations, sports and wrestling fans all across the wide and wonderful internet. Time for another glorious edition, as always, of the Man in the Arena podcast. Your humble host, Michael Shibley, with you here where we've got another just jam-packed show. Of course, loaded with football. We've got some other great stuff to talk about. We're even going to talk about footwear as it pertains to football because who throws the shoe? We'll tell you all about it here in a sec. But let me bring in my good buddy, a man who I've talked to, probably the only person I've talked to more during the pandemic with these podcasts than probably my wife at home. It's Mr. Trey Pack. How are you doing there, buddy? I'm good, buddy. I'm cold. We're usually not doing this this late into the year, man. Tennessee's usually done by now. Uh, yeah, so I know. It's, it's been it's it's good, man. It's you know we're we're literally before we started recording, we're talking about how we're gonna maneuver around Christmas. It's like that's not that's not when football season's supposed to be. At least not for us. No, not for college football. Yeah, I mean we're ready for like a Tennessee basketball holiday fest or something like that. Is usually what we're prepping for at this point. Yeah, Might get ready be to beat the hell out of a Big Ten team in a bowl game. Yeah, a middling Big Ten team in a bowl game, as exactly. always. Uh, <laughs> but you, you bring you bring up the Tennessee Vols. Uh, they did finally get another win, so they've. Uh, <laughs> yep, they've changed it. They, I mean, everybody's gotten a win against Vanderbilt this season, as the Tennessee Volunteers go to the Music City, and defeat Vanderbilt forty-two to seventeen. A game that I mean, Vanderbilt got a a touchdown there early and took the lead, but then Tennessee just turned things on and just leaned on Vanderbilt. I mean, the second half was mostly just a snooze fest, to be perfectly honest. There was nothing interesting happening in the game, but Tennessee taking care of business. Bailey, 207 yards, two touchdowns. JT Shrout also got a look. Eric Gray had another solid performance. So, I mean, Again, Tennessee did what you're supposed to do with Vanderbilt. Just get on them, no matter how good Vanderbilt might be. Just get on them and don't let them up. And that's what Tennessee did and finally got their third win of the season. Yeah, man, I, I, you're absolutely right. I will say this, though. It, did it not feel chaotic? Like the whole game, Like it, it still feels like like Pruitt or, or Chaney just really doesn't have a grasp on this team right now. And, yeah, I get it. We covered the spread, like everything's great, you know, we did what we were supposed to do. But like, I mean, just like the way they played Mauer, like he gets in, you know, has a 22-yard run, they yank him, we never see him again. Like, it's just, and I understand, hey, we're trying out, you know, we, we ran with the wrong quarterback the entire season, now we're in the last, you know, the last two games, let's try to find somebody. I get it, man, but it's just, it just is so weird to be in week nine of ten and it still feel this chaotic. No, I agree. And that's – it's kind of just helter-skelter when you come that way. My only thought when it comes to some of these ideas, I guess, and we'll talk a little bit more about that when we get into the recruiting, as National Signing Day was yesterday as of this recording, it seemed like Tennessee is almost trying to figure out which quarterbacks they want to almost kind of keep because – all of these quarterbacks, they're not stayings. At least one of them, if not two of them, are probably going to transfer after the season's over because, again, you don't lose a year of eligibility for playing uh, this year. So it's almost like a free pass. So we'll kind of see what happens there. Of course, the the play of the day on Tennessee's side of the ball was that interception, uh, the pick six by Bryce Thompson. What a great one-handed oh. interception. Pulling on the guy's jersey, doing a little old man basketball with the jersey pull there. But still, that was great. 
I, I mean, it was, uh, you know, arguably the defensive player of the year. I just hate that, you know, things like that happen against Vanderbilt when we're yeah. already two and six. It's a like, stat pattern. First that been all year. Yeah. Yeah, you kind of wish Tennessee played Vanderbilt after that beatdown of Georgia, and maybe things would have been a little different going forward. Of course, it, one of the other disappointments is finally it looks like they're figuring out how to use Valus Jones Jr. Having 125 yards and two touchdowns, he looked really good in the game too. Oh, yeah, I mean, he's definitely the – I mean, arguably the best athlete on the team. I think he's got the potential – um, to be another uh, Cordero Patterson, I think he's going to be that type of athlete at the next level. Um, I just hope that he's not, you know, another one of these cases of somebody, you know, this amazing talent we had at Tennessee, and then we get to watch them in the pros dominate, you know, Alvin Kamara, Cordero Patterson, uh, yep. the list goes on. And I, I just really hope that um, they can really figure out a way to use him. Because, um, I mean, he's already – he's coming back. Like, it's yep. pretty pretty well established. Um, the, the wild thing is, man, I don't, I don't know if you follow the guy on Twitter, he's uh, tweeting at, uh, at the Tennessee football Twitter, um, at the official page telling him to give like his, his buddies a look, um, which I think is such a wild way to get the attention of your team. I guess you got to try something. To well, get I, I feel like if you're tweeting at your, your own team's, you know, Twitter page, like he's been to the coaches a few times, yeah. but I promise you, if they're anything like him, we need him. Yeah, we could. Yeah, I, I always, I've, I mean, I'm a speed guy myself. I don't have the height to make up for it, so I just always tried to out quick everybody. So, and it, you know, and whatever I'm playing. So again, I'm always been a speed guy, no matter what you're doing. So that's no, sure. he's I'm, he's quicker. He's quicker than lightning, buddy. Is it, or as they as good old Jr. would always say, he's quicker than a hiccup. Exactly. But, of course, one of the, the big story coming out of the game was Vanderbilt. It's Tennessee has not let off college football final, the nightly recap show, or the week you know, recap show on ESPN for anything good. Uh, and Tennessee's still technically not doing that, but the game happened. Sarah Fuller did get in because Vanderbilt finally scored a touchdown, and she was able to get on the field and kick – she kicked a pair of extra points, both of them perfect right through the uprights. So Sarah Fuller is now the first uh, woman to score at a power in a Power 5 conference game. So hats off to her. The kicks looked perfectly fine. They were great looked kicks. Great. Yeah. Looked great. Man, what, the worst part of it all and but it, it's again, we've talked about this for a co- you know, a couple times this year. Uh, the troglodytes come out and it always seems like when the troglodytes come out, especially when it comes to Sarah Fuller, they're just wrong. Yeah. The, the big thing I saw on Twitter is Vanderbilt did have a uh, – they kicked a couple – at least one field goal, and they had, a, you know, another field goal kicker. And they said, okay, anything within, you know, this amount of yards, uh, Sarah's going to kick. Anything past that, uh, you know, we're going to use this guy. And people were like, oh, you see, it was 100% a PR stunt because they had this guy, and he nailed a 37-yard field goal. And it's like, how dumb can you be to not understand that you want the most consistent kicker kicking your extra points? And your most consistent kicker doesn't have to have your strongest leg. No, teams teams for years, especially in college, because in the NFL you've got a roster restriction, but for years in college you sometimes have like a short-range kicker and a long-range kicker 
because one guy's a lot more accurate and one guy's got a better leg. So you alternate both of them. And they did a story where Vanderbilt was having an issue with l- that guy kicking and being accurate. He's got a great leg, but he was missing kicks. And you saw that on the 50-plus yarder they tried. And then the, one of the other things you had that you had some other troglodyte on there, like highlighting, I guess, Tennessee not rushing from the edges. Oh, and then um, you, you look back at every other extra point we've ever, yeah. like, you know, played, and it's the exact same defense. Man, we did yeah. not it, – it was I do not – in my heart of hearts, man, you know, again, I'm not involved in Vanderbilt's program by any means. Yeah. Um, but, I, again, I think what it boiled down to was, uh, first off, Tennessee is going to play Tennessee football regardless of, of who's on the other oh, yeah. side. Um, I wouldn't expect anything less. Unfortunately, for better or for worse, uh, sometimes I wish we could play somebody else's game. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, it's just, I cannot stand that people cannot let people, just let, let, let somebody have something one time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let her, let her have this, um, because she deserves it. It was a hell of a kick. She put it through the uprights twice. She did what she was supposed to do. Yeah. And I'm completely okay with that. It was a, it was a good moment. I was happy for her. It would have been nice for her to maybe get there to try maybe a short kick, but of course Vanderbilt. Yeah, still yeah. Vanderbilt. So we we got what we got, and I'm very happy for her. And again, I wish her all the best. Vanderbilt, of course, their game against Georgia again has been canceled now. So uh, looks like she's not going to get another chance at that. But she made an impact, and I, I think it was for the better for everything. So I'm taking it, whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, again, like I mean, I said it last week, a couple weeks ago. I can't remember. But man, I mean, what it really what it really boils down to is, I think it sets that precedent that we are going to find the best, you know, person, the best athlete we can find at this particular position. I do not care, you know, how what you were born with, how you identify. If you are the best kicker on this campus, you're kicking our field goals. Um, and I think Vanderbilt set the precedent, and I really, really think that moving forward, um, it's going to become more common. Yep, I agree. And we'll see, yeah, where it all goes from here. And where we do, we go forward as we'll keep it with Tennessee here. Of course, they're playing Texas A&M on Saturday at noon on a big championship weekend, which, again, is just so weird having games this late. You're having games after the Army-Navy game, which yes. is just odd. Not I mean, bowl games. Yeah, that are, yeah, that aren't bowl games, which is going to be weird. I'm going to have to get the bowl picks up about as fast as humanly possible in our picks game that we've got on on uh, our private thing. My right. goodness, who knows what's going to go on with that? But you also have recruiting happening. That's how insane this season's been. We've still got a game left to play, and you had the first of the two. I'm glad they always divided up this national signing day, so they didn't push everything back until February. You've got the first early signing period uh Tennessee getting you know seven of the ESPN 300 commitments of course we've had guys disappearing we've talked about that a little bit on this show but Tennessee at least according to ESPN is still the 14th best class uh you get guys like Julian Nixon on offense you've got Dylan Brooks as a defensive end so Tennessee still has some talent just maybe not what we were fully looking for going into the season because everybody was riding high on the hopes, and then Tennessee, this losing streak, has cost them big in recruiting. 
Oh, man, and I'll tell you this, just from being a, a fan standpoint, and, and you, Shilly, with guys like me and you, this is, I mean, this isn't it. Like, we have lives. Like, you know, we, we got other stuff that we do with our everyday lives. Um, but, man, Tennessee football is a, such a huge interval part of that. Buddy, I could not have cared less about this early time period. And it was so – I didn't even realize it was happening. Now, granted yeah. – the day of when I got on Twitter and it was like, oh yeah, early sign up periods today. Like I watched a little bit of it, but man, it's just if if nothing else, it is a true testament to the state that our program's in. That you have, you know, a guy like myself that's a huge fan that follows recruiting, that's really um really loves that aspect of the college game that I just was apathetic. And I feel, you know, feel weird about it. I just hate that that's like I said, I think it's a true um true testament to where we're at right now as Tennessee football. Yeah, it's it's um, it's a mess because there's just so much going on. You got the holidays, you got everything. Yeah, if Tennessee was at least having a winning record or at least at 500 or something around here, I'd feel a lot more motivated. But it's like, let's just get some guys in here. And, you know, one of the big ones, of course, they're high on. We got a quarterback, Kate <laughs> Salter which you know, the coaches seem to be really, really high on. So, again, you're going to see hopefully someone maybe get some some more playing time. We'll see where that goes. But Pruitt has said he wants all of these recruits, every signee, to be here for spring practice as long as they can get here because, again, we don't know how COVID's yeah. going to go with everything into the spring. And But they want them to step right away and play. And, that's again, that's been his – mo we just got to get the talent around it yeah well not only do we got to get the talent around it but man it's scary to see you know pruitt's you know in year three um you know it's scary to see some of these guys that came in as highly touted recruits and just not only not develop but get worse you know uh the prime example being garantano um, but there's so many guys that have come in that were, you know, Garantano, what, what, Garantano was what, like a top, he was a top 10 quarterback coming in, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Um, he had just, that Times Square thing and all that going in. He right. Now, technically, he was a Butch Jones recruit, but that's a whole other issue. Oh, yeah, but I mean, Pruitt loved him. It was Pruitt's guy yep. for sure. Um, oh, yeah. It just it has been nothing, you know, short of abysmal, yep. uh, especially this year. Um, so, I mean, it's one thing to recruit well, and it, it seems like Tennessee's always got a top 20 recruiting class, a top 10 yep. recruiting class. Um, but if we're not developing these guys, eventually they're going to see the writing on the wall. Yep. It's just, it's so disheartening to see a team, you know, like a Boise State or some of these schools that are in literally the middle of nowhere uh, get the – or like, you know, even like a Coastal Carolina this year. They get these kids in and they, you know, Coastal Carolina's not signing any five-stars but they develop these kids while they're there and are just producing these playmakers that Tennessee, we have all the resources. Just maybe we don't have the right coaching staff to develop them. Yeah. And and that's been a big thing forever. And of course, one of the other tough things is always with recruiting Tennessee's ranked 14th, which is usually in any other conference. That's great. If you're ranked 14th overall, but Tennessee is ranked sixth in the SEC rankings. You've got five other teams. You've got Alabama, you've got Georgia, you've got LSU. Uh, let's see here. You've got Florida, uh, and then I think you've got Texas A&M. 
above you in the rankings. So it's like you've got teams, and I think Tennessee, besides LSU, is playing all these other teams this year. So you, and again, recruiting rankings, we've had this conversation many times where I still feel, yeah, you got to coach them up. Yep. If you get these constant recruiting classes, you should be better than what Tennessee is right now. No, we should be three and six right now. There's yeah. no, with the amount of talent that Tennessee has, we should not be three and six. There's no other excuse other than they are not being developed and they are not being coached. Yep. And again, we'll see where the staff goes after that. We've still got one more game to play, which is amazing on this championship week, but of course Tennessee's not involved in the championship, but they are playing a team that has a chance to get there. But let's go back, of course, to last week. The big thing that happened last week and the game that, again, focused the most was Florida and LSU. Uh, Oh, my goodness. What just an amazing moment where you have Florida – 23 and a half, 24 point favorite, depending on who you're looking at. I took the points. I took Florida in the points because I figured Kyle Trask in his probably final game in the swamp was just going to ball out because again, this is not the LSU of last year. It's not even close. LSU and Tennessee have the same record for crying out loud, which is insane. Um, and, but LSU came in there. They made some turnovers. They played tough. They hung around. And then, in a weird thing, the game was tied. This is late in the game. game was tied. And what ends up happening is a Florida player comes in after they're going to hold LSU to punt the ball with, like, uh, about a minute and a half left or something like that in the game. Tackles the guy's shoe, comes off the LSU player. The Florida player chucks the shoe. Shibley, Shibley, who throws the shoe? Who throws a shoe? Honestly. What? Oh, my. Okay, keep going because I'm just going to get upset. Yeah. I, I hate I hate Florida. I've been yeah. in Florida my entire life. But like it's just like last year with the – I can't remember if it was Ole Miss or Mississippi State. That, the dog that, pee, yeah. The dog pee. It cost you a freaking game for you yep. just being an idiot 19-year-old. She, okay, yep. go ahead. I'm going to get upset. You go ahead. He throws the shoe, which gives – and it's, it's a um, – it's a personal uh, personal foul on sportsmanlike conduct penalty because guess what? You can't just throw another guy's shoe. Um, <laughs> no matter what your head coach says, and we'll get to that in a second. Oh, um, my gosh. But then you have – so after that, LSU kicks in the fog a 57-yard field goal. So still hats off to the kicker. He still had to kick a 57-yard field goal. Of course. But then, but then Florida, they've got a great kicker, and he misses a 52-yarder, and – Florida's chance at a to getting to the playoff just went down the toilet. Most likely, we'll talk about the rankings here in a second. But F- Florida loses this game in just the most incredible way possible. It, it, it's just so stupid. It's and again, yes, I know they're college kids and not professionals, but you know better than this for crying out loud. Oh, they're pay, you know, quote unquote, college kids are not being paid to play. Um, I think they should be on salary. Everybody knows my opinion on that. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, but if nothing else, buddy, I guarantee if you're if you're a starting defensive back for LSU, you're on scholarship for the most part. You're pretty well taken care of. Florida, like, actually. Yeah. Or, yeah. Sorry. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. You're a starting defensive back for the University of Florida. You're pretty much well taken care of. You have a, you're about to go and fight. You know to hopefully get in the final four. 
to play for a national championship and you see a shoe on the ground and you think, you know what? I'm going to yeet it across the field. Like, who, who does that? Like, I can't be a Florida player. Dude, that's like something that would happen in like a pickup basketball game in Harriman, Tennessee, and there would still be a fight about it. Oh, yeah. Like, we would still be upset. Like, you can't play. You can't play with us anymore. If nothing else, it's delay a game. Oh, and then, uh, you know, I don't want to get a dumbass. Comes out, he's like, well, I didn't even realize that was a penalty. If nothing yeah, else, delay a game, dummy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dan yeah. Mullen opens his mouth and says, I thought it was a football move. Like, what? what you know, Dan Mullen's a good coach, but God, he said some really dumb things this year. He's done a lot of dumb things. First of all, what, do you, what did he do after the Texas A&M game? Say, oh, we need 90,000 people in the stands. I don't care about the restrictions. Then they can't even play this LSU game that next week because they all got COVID. Then they have the fracas against Missouri, and then he comes out like a WWE guy just like trying to get the crowd back up after he was being kind of irresponsible with the whole thing. And then this, where it's like, what are you doing, Dan, with that? That was stupid. And then he said something dumb, too, because he tries to take a swipe at, I guess, the Big Ten because he's like, well, I guess the best thing would have been we shouldn't have had to play this game. Oh, that was my thought. It, it makes. I don't know why Florida did play this game, but well, whatever. You're you're a twenty three and a half point favorite over L, a, a bad LSU team. You should have won this game just rolling out of bed for crying out loud. Agreed. So I mean, again, and yeah, we have our own issues with what's been going on with yeah the fact that Clemson and Notre Dame both ended up not having to play last week, which was nice. Um, again, you're. Alabama was playing a good Arkansas team, an Arkansas team that did lose to LSU, but that was a very competitive game. Alabama mopped the floor with Arkansas 52 to 3. Alabama took care of business and didn't have to worry about it. Yeah, they did what a final four caliber team should do. Exactly. And now LSU's got some issues and we'll discuss that in a moment. The other just head scratcher of a game really where you just look at it and be like how the hell did this happen was North Carolina and again, I had Miami and the points. I thought I was just going to roll in the money after that. I think Miami was just a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I was like, wow, they missed this one. And I was really wrong. North Carolina, 62, Miami, 26. What the blue hell happened there? We were way wrong, man. I think that was my go-to-the-bank game last week. Uh, yeah. Saying that Miami was going to crush them. Uh, sorry, everybody. Yeah. I know everybody takes my advice 100% of the time. Like, yep. Like but um, that, yeah, I, I lost money on that one just like anybody else would. North Carolina had 778 yards of offense. Yeah, I mean, what what do you do? And like, five, yeah, and 554 of that was on the ground. Uh, like, yeah, I mean, that's that's like single wing offense for crying out loud. That's like I don't even know if they got that much yards when Georgia Tech beat Cumberland 222 or whatever it was to nothing or whatever that game was. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, I guarantee you. I don't think they did. I don't know the exact stats from that game. Um, but I don't think I don't think they had 600 yards on the ground. Yeah. Just what an absolute mess that is. And you also talk about a mess. The college football rankings come out. And again, this is finally we're really talking about this because – they finally all got one more game to play because I hate playing the stupid if they run the table scenario with everything. The top four, I really don't have a problem with. You've got Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Ohio State. But then underneath that, you've got Texas A&M at five, 
pretty much where they should be because Texas A&M's only loss was to Alabama. But then you have some weird questions where you've got Florida only dropping one spot after losing to LSU. And as we've said, this is not LSU from last year. It's insane. You've got that. You've got a Cincinnati team who hasn't played in two weeks, and that's been the worst thing that's happened to them because they've dropped a spot in the rankings both times. You have an Iowa State team that jumped up to six. That's eight and two, and they have looked great. I talked about Matt Campbell has done some great things there with Iowa State, but their one of their losses was to a Louisiana team at 19, and they lost at home to that Louisiana team by double digits. So... I just you are getting just a short end of the stick. I think if you are a you know non power five team, they, the the rankings have had no respect for you at all, and it's annoying me to no end right now. Yeah, now, now what happens? You know, if Notre Dame comes out and beats Clemson again, do you put Clemson in the Final Four there? See, and that's the question. Where it's like, it, what happened? It's insane to think that Trevor Lawrence in his final season wouldn't be in the college football playoff. Yeah, but I think that's a real possibility. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's almost a mob mentality where it's like these are the made programs, so they're going to get in compared to some of these other guys. You've got yeah, Louisiana's only loss there at nineteen was to Coastal Carolina, who is still undefeated at eleven and zero, and still just ranked twelfth. For crying out loud! Like, right, man. It, yeah, exactly. You have two teams, or at least one team in that final four that's got a loss. In the top five, you have two teams that have a loss. Coast Carolina's undefeated and has beat. It's not like they're playing, yeah. you know, mashed potato Baptist University every week. They just beat the crap out of BYU. Yeah, like I'm not saying put them in the playoff. Do I think Coastal Carolina is going to compete with Alabama? No, but neither is anybody. Yeah. And, and, and that's been the big thing to me, and especially in a year like this. Like, again, if you had a full season and everybody played pretty much the same amount of games, I would have no problem with the rankings that we probably have at this point. But this is a year where I just wish, at least for this one year, until you should do it down the road anyway, make the playoff eight teams. Eight teams. It's the only thing that makes sense. Because then you could put, and I think then you put, you know, give Cincinnati a shot. Do I think, again... I mean, I would love to see Cincinnati and Iowa State play. I think that would be a really good game. Um, over, I you know, and I, I just don't think the the committee has watched any of Cincinnati's games or like Coastal Carolina. They haven't watched any of their games, so they're just keeping them here for pity's sake. Right? It's yeah. If you're you know, you're undefeated, but you're not going to crack the top ten. Come on, yeah. Like, that's so insane. But, I mean, it's just like UCF from years ago, man, was undefeated. Almost went two years in a row undefeated. Yeah. Uh, and the highest they were ever ranked, I think, was seventh. It's – Yeah. I mean, I get it, man. Live, like, the strength of schedule is definitely important. But we're talking about a team coming out of nowhere in the in the hottest up-and-coming conference in football, um, you know, with Coastal Carolina and App State battling it out, now, you know, every year now. But they, you know, it was like, oh, if they play anybody decent, they'll get killed. Well, then they crush BYU. So I, I don't know, man. I, I, don't, yeah, I don't think they. I don't think you put them in the top four. Put them in the top ten at least. Yeah, uh, give 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 them a shot. It's the same thing. Now again, I know college football and college basketball are completely different when it comes to, especially because you know you get the one player 
on your team, they can you can get all you make a real run in the tournament. I mean, you just look at what you know Stephen Curry did with Davidson years ago in the tournament, taking right. a bunch of guys with him all the way to within a shot of the Final Four. So it's but give these programs some sort of shot. That's why I've always said eight teams. You've got all the conference champions from the Big Five, and then you got three at-large bids. And if one of them happens to be one of these group of fives, you at least give them a shot. Yep, agreed, man. I think. See, I think me, me and you will always disagree. I, I don't think that. Yeah, there is a Power Five conference, but I don't give a crap about a Big Ten or a Big Twelve champion this year. Yeah, no, a Big Twelve champion doesn't deserve to get in the playoff. A Pac Twelve mm-hmm. champion doesn't deserve to get in the playoffs. Yep. So I, I think you take the t- the best eight teams, let them go, and then you know the true national champion is going to come out of that. Yeah, I think so. I agree. Uh, but you look again at the percentages and all this other crap, the scenarios that go. I think Alabama, whether they unless Florida just beats their brains in, which spoiler alert, I, de- I that's happen. not happening. It's happen. I think Alabama's in win or lose. Um, I think again if. If Clemson wins, they're in. But the if Clemson wins, if Ohio State wins, they're in. Um, it, it's a big thing with that Notre Dame-Clemson game in the ACC championship game because if Notre Dame wins again, do you bring up Texas A&M if they beat Tennessee, which they're most yes. likely going to do? I so, think so. I would rather have a one-loss A&M team if their one loss is to the best team in college football than having – a two-loss Clemson team who has proven they can't be a top-four team. They, they yeah. You had two chances at Notre Dame, and you lost to them twice. Yeah, and yeah, you didn't have Trevor Lawrence the first time, but now guess you, you still took Notre Dame to overtime at their place without Trevor Lawrence, and if you lose to him again, no, you don't deserve to be in the playoffs this year. Yeah, you, you literally proved, in my opinion, if I'm on the committee, you proved to me that you can't compete this year. Yep. So... We'll see where it all goes. We will just make we'll have the the picture will be perfectly clear, hopefully, uh, by the time we do this show next week. So we will see where it goes. And again, hopefully Tennessee can get a win. We'll pick all the games, of course, at the end of the show. Running into the NFL real quick with another just crazy weekend in the NFL. When you look at things, uh, the Chiefs and the Dolphins had just a great back and forth game. That was a lot of fun to watch. To be perfectly honest, that was a lot of fun. The Seahawks just blowing out the Jets, which was just hilarious. But then the Eagles, starting Jalen Hurts, coming in, I had uh, the Saints defense in my daily fantasy thing. I was like, oh, they're playing a rookie quarterback in his first start. I mean, yeah, he's talented, but I don't know if he's got an arm. The Eagles still go out and beat the Saints. Thanks a lot for that. Yeah, man. I mean, Jalen Hurts, I really think he's going to surprise people. I really, really do. So, I mean, if you're coming up against the Eagles for your fantasy defense, watch out. Yeah. Of course, you had the Steelers losing again to the Bills. It's Man, it is weird to see the Bills at the top of the AFC East because the Patriots have just lived that roost for, it seems like, decades at this point. But it's weird to see that, and the Steelers just, again, falling off. I think some of that is just exhaustion. The Steelers have played a lot of games in just like two weeks. Yeah, it definitely seems that way, man. Um, yeah, with the Bills, I, I was looking at uh, some bets last Sunday, 
and saw the Bills uh, were favored. I can't remember who they were favored against. Uh, or no, it was a couple weeks ago. I can't remember who they played. So I was like, "Oh, this this the Bills aren't going to beat anybody." And was just so wrong. Just yep. just burned my money. What a uh, but. I mean, the game of the the day and probably the game of the year in the NFL, at least so far, was that Baltimore-Cleveland game on Monday night. What a great game that was. Baltimore winning 47-42. Lamar Jackson had to go into the locker room. Uh, they said it was for cramps. Most people uh, think it was because he had to take a big dump. Yeah, uh, stomach cramps. We get it. Yeah, it, it happens. Everybody's human. You know, some, when you got to go, you got to go. But just what a great just back-and-forth game. Uh you know, Justin Tucker, by the way, best kicker in the NFL, which is just amazing. That 55-yard field goal with two seconds left gave – just really helped. And the Ravens are still in the playoff picture. Just a fun, just pinball score game in the NFL. I loved it. Yeah, I hate to see the Browns lose, but it was definitely 100% the most fun game this year, and it's not close. Yeah. So, And, again, the NFL, they're going. It's going to be another great – uh, week of action with everything going with the NFL. Hopefully my daily fantasy will do better. Uh, you know, I keep trying to win that Sunday million on FanDuel. So right. then maybe I can actually get out of broadcasting out of my closet. Uh, you know, if I, if I win that, but we'll, we'll see, you know, we'll, have us, we'll have us a big old fancy studio. You hit that million. Yeah. Oh, I would. You, you would. Yeah. We'll put a shed outside and you guys can come over and we'll stay socially distant and all that. And it'll be fine. Okay. So, but uh, moving into some other just news of note, the Tennessee basketball team looked really good against Appalachian State. Of course, Appalachian State, not, you know, they're a lot better in football than they are in basketball. But Tennessee holding Appalachian State still just to 38 points is still pretty darn good for a defense in basketball, which is just great to see. Yeah, I think this Tennessee basketball team is going to have one of the best defenses um, in program history, buddy. Yeah. I really think. Um, if we can figure out, you know, we scored a whole lot of points, but again, it was Appalachian State. Um, but man, I think this year is going to be really something special. Yeah, I mean, just enjoy some of these guys because they're only going to be here m- maybe for this year. You know, like Kenyon Johnson, some of those guys, they're great. I love again. You've got guys like Fulkerson and Pons who have been here. They're experienced, talented guys, and then you got the young guys. I love that mix that we have right now, which just is exciting to see. And we'll see where that goes. But I feel really good as Tennessee into the top ten this week, which is great. Uh, the next couple of games that are happening, Tennessee. Uh, playing Tennessee Tech on uh, Friday night. Tennessee Tech 0-7 to start the year, so that's almost yeah, just... It's, it's not going to be great. Yeah, uh, yeah. The Tennessee, the next three games that they're playing, uh, yeah, Tennessee Tech, St. Joseph's, and South Carolina Upstate are a combined 0-12. Mm, love it. So no, that's let's a... Not, let's not pull a Tennessee football. Let's just get yeah, through let's, it. Get the wins, but then we wrap up December starting the SEC schedule at Missouri. So, and Missouri's ranked 16th right now. So, that'll be good. Just don't get anybody injured. Get the wins, and just move on to the uh, move on to the SEC schedule. Exactly. Uh, meanwhile, the Lady Vols just finished up the game. They're playing looks like a, a matinee game uh, against 15th ranked Indiana. 
they got the win in Indiana, 66-58. It was kind of a last-minute scheduling thing that they did. But again, the way COVID has been, it's great to get them together. Uh, Two, you know, again, the Lady Vols always been a great basketball power. And Indiana, they can shoot the ball no matter what. You've got those Indiana shooters, no matter if it's men or women. But another great win for Tennessee. Davis with 19 points and Burrell with 18. So Tennessee getting the win on the road against a ranked opponent. It's good. It, again, it's returned to normalcy, man. If Lady Vols basketball is winning, um, you know, th- these old people are happy at Cracker Barrel. Everything's good, man. Oh, yeah. And uh, speaking, of course, of uh, the Lady Vols, uh, there was a historic moment that happened uh, last night, actually. I uh, posted this, or actually it happened the day before. Uh, Tara Vandeveer, uh, the longtime Stanford head coach, got her 1,099th win for um, in her career, and she, of course, passed the late, great Pat Summit in wins. Pat, of course, had 1,098, uh, but Tara Vanderveer, who's a good friend of Coach Summit, uh, has won a few national championships of her own there at Stanford getting the win. And, I mean, she said, I hope Coach Summit's looking down and is proud of me. Tara, I am sure she's very proud of you. I guarantee it, man. I, I guarantee she is. Now, we don't know how long, and again, Stanford is the number one ranked team this year, but I think Gino Ariema, last I checked, has 1,093 wins, so he's nipping at her heels when it comes to that, so we'll see kind of where that all ends up, but again, the person to officially pass Coach Summit couldn't happen to a better person than Tara Vanderveer, a winner in her own right and a great coach who's been there forever at Stanford. Yeah, Yeah, no, definitely. It's... uh... So it's always hard seeing, you know, a record, especially a record that's this close to home for us, um, get broken. But, me, yeah, you're absolutely right. Couldn't have happened to a better person. Yeah. Meanwhile, also some good news, uh, at least has come through, that we keep hearing about. Uh, Florida basketball player Keontae Johnson uh, is up and at least speaking and is aware. He collapsed on the court on Saturday, and they had had to put him in a uh, medically induced coma for a little bit uh so again yes we're rivals on the court and everything like that i don't like florida at all but again players health is what means the most so i'm glad he's at least up and moving about which is good to see you never want to see a kid go down like that man and just seemingly out of nowhere you know just in the middle of the game and just goes down it's definitely scary but again it's great to have you know him um they say he's looking like he's going to make a really good recovery. So that, yeah. that's kind of all that matters. Oh, geez. I forgot about this. I was looking at my notes, forgot to talk about this real quick. The fact that we talked about Florida throwing the shoe and the terrible college football playoff rankings. I totally forgot the fact that Auburn fired Gus Malzahn. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're going to hire Kevin Steele, which is the most insane yeah. coaching carousel that's ever happened. Oh, my God. It is so funny that they're just going to pay Gus Malzahn $21 million, half of which has to get paid in the first 30 days. So, again, as we've both said many times, the best job in America is to be a fired college football coach, uh, for them to pay the money to not coach anymore, and then maybe hire the assistant, which would just be hilarious in so many ways. Oh, my gosh, bro. I, I don't even know where to begin. Yeah. I, I have no – but, I mean, hiring an assistant can work out. It worked it out can. for other I mean, I get it. But, I mean, you've got – I guess, I mean, Gus Malzahn's the only coach active in the SEC that's beaten Nick Saban twice. 
I mean, I think the only other coaches that have been able to do that while he's been at Alabama was Kirby Smart, or not Kirby Smart, uh, Hugh Freeze, who's now at Liberty, and Dabo Sweeney. Like, that's a small group of people who've been able to do that. And, I mean, he's had a winning conference record, but I guess just not obviously what Alab- or Auburn was wanting him to do. Yeah, and I'm not going to – because we could be here all night long if we're talking about – a program that is seeing the writing on the wall. They're, the coach is not moving their program in the direction that they yeah. want. And they make a move regardless of what is happening in the world. You know, Tennessee can't do it. Okay, never. I'm not going to get my blood. All right. We're not going to go to the hospital tonight. Keep no. the blood pressure down. No, um, yeah. It's, uh, hey, you know what? Let's let's pay Pruitt $500 million to get out. Let's hire uh, Malzahn. What do you think? <laughs> that would be that is oh, next logical. That that would be a Tennessee move if he does that. Uh, speaking of te- ex Tennessee coaches, uh, Butch Jones finally Tennessee doesn't have to pay him the last couple of months of that buyout as he's now after that internship he had at Alabama for the last three years. Uh, Butch Jones is now the head man at Arkansas State, coaching the Red Wolves. So, again, best of luck to him. Hopefully, he does that. I just you know I don't want him coaching Tennessee again. Yeah. I- he can bring all of his brick by brick metaphors to to uh, Arkansas State. I, I'm so disappointed. And okay, let's let's move on. Let's keep. <laughs> I'm gonna start crying. Let's just go. To okay. Else. How, how about some good news here? Uh, both of these stories come out of the world of baseball. The first one is after again consulting a lot of other Native American groups and activists, the Cleveland Indians. It looks like they're gonna have one more year this year of being the Cleveland Indians, but then they're going to drop the Indians from their name. Uh, They don't know exactly where they're going to go. But again, I think this is a good move. You've had act. They got rid of that. The smiling Indian chief Wahoo logo, which wow, that was, I'm pretty, I mean, again, anybody could look at that and be like, yeah, that's pretty damn inappropriate, but changing the name, there'd been a movement to do that uh, during the same time that Washington changed their name. And, of course, you get people who are going to argue all the time about, is it too PC? Again, I have no Native American blood, so I don't have a real dog in this fight. But, again, if, if there's a bunch of activists with Native American groups who think it needs to be changed, I'm fine with it. I'm not going to bark too much about it. I mean, I mean, if you had, like, the Albany Arabs, me having Arabic blood, you know, we, we could talk about it, but... Again, if, if they think that that's the right thing to do, then that's the right thing to do. I'm all for it. If nothing else, it's just, it's, it's, they're not, we've spent hundreds of years calling the Native Americans here Indians when this wasn't India. Yeah. I, again, I'm going to, to punch a hole in the computer. Yeah. We, and, people, yeah. And, and there's going to be a bunch of old white people up in arms that are not going to watch the Indians anymore because. They grew up with it being called that. Well, you know what else a lot of those people grew up with? Some really bad shit. So let's just move past it. You know what I mean? We'll move past it. And yeah, it's it's one of those things where, guess what? Yeah, times change a little bit. Uh, Now, it does look like, because people are asking about the Kansas City Chiefs and the Atlanta Braves, it does look like at least more uh, Native American groups in those areas seem to be okay with the names, at least at this point. So... Well, well, I mean, if you look at the, if you look at the team, like this, the team names, like Chiefs and Braves, there's nothing necessarily derogatory about yeah. either of those things. But the Washington Redskins, 
Yeah. All right. Okay. And then the Cleveland Indians, they're not Indian. Yeah. They are – oh, my – okay. All right. It's yep. just, it's, it's, I can't believe that they named a team that, oh, we're just going to call them that for 100 years. Yeah. I mean, every, yeah. Every college football team that was named the Indians changed their name years ago at this point. Um, heck, Arkansas State, where Butch Jones is going to coach. They used to be the Indians. Now they're the Red Wolves. Right. Uh, I mean, yeah. This is so dumb. Yeah, we, we had that conversation. It is yeah, um, so but again, good news that they're going to do that. So they've got one more year with that name, and then they're going to move on. Hopefully, again, they've got a name in the tank, or at least an idea, so they don't have to be the Cleveland baseball team. Uh, just like <laughs> Dude, Cleveland baseball club, I like that better than Washington football team. That that's yeah. that. Uh, but Cleveland baseball club, I like that a little bit. Okay, all right. Uh, one other thing with baseball is you have uh, Major League Baseball finally reclassifying the Negro Leagues as uh, a major league team or a major league organization, uh, which is something that they had been lobbying for for a while. But uh, they came out and said Wednesday that it is correcting a longtime oversight in the game's history by elevating the Negro Leagues on the centennial of their founding um, as now one of the quote-unquote major league so now you move up a lot of these different uh rankings and different things so you can add some different things like satchel page all of the wins that he had in the negro leagues now count as major league wins so he's got like another 150 victories to his total uh you've got you know some more hits from willie mays it's just the right thing to do it's been a long time coming I can't believe it took a hundred years for them to, to recognize it. You know what I mean? It's just, man, some, sometimes sports gets things really, really right, but sometimes it, it yep. just takes them too long. Yeah. One of the places I would love to go, I've never been to Kansas city. First of all, to get some barbecue, even though I'm still a Memphis dry rub guy, but it's still go to Kansas city, get some barbecue, but you got to go to the Negro league museum and the Negro league hall of fame there. Uh, I've heard it is just amazing. and something every sports fan should check out. hundred percent. So, those are some good news. Meanwhile, in the world of wrestling, not a whole lot going on. Everybody seems to be kind of in a holding pattern, kind of finishing out the year, really. Uh, one of the best things that happened, of course, on Dynamite last night was the fact that Cody Rhodes and uh, his wife Brandy are pregnant. So, uh, they're going to have their first kid. Uh, based especially on how Brandy looks, that's going to be a beautiful baby. Hopefully, it doesn't come out with a terrible neck tattoo like Cody has. Oh, Jesus Christ. Don't get me started. Yep, that's awesome, man. I, you know, I, it's it makes me really sad that old old Dusty's not gonna be around to yeah. uh, you know, to be there um, for his grandkid. But it's it's really awesome. It's just gonna be another. You know, I can almost guarantee you it's gonna be another line of, of great Rhodes wrestlers. Oh yeah, um, you've got. I mean, you've got TLC happening uh, this weekend with the WWE. I don't foresee much happening. If anything crazy happens, of course, we'll talk about that next week on this fine program but coming up of course is going to be new japan's wrestle kingdom uh on january 4th and 5th in the tokyo dome uh might be a very empty tokyo dome but still great matches coming we will preview all of that coming up on this fine program in the weeks to come that's your favorite favorite wrestling event of the year right oh i love it it's if i could wake up at 4 a.m to watch that live i would but i need to get something resembling sleep every once in a while at my job for my job so but it it is wrestling purity the main events are just always something amazing to watch heck yeah 
All right. You ready to pick these uh, championship games? Let's lose some money, buddy. Yep. All right. So, moving on, you've got the Pac-12 championship game happening where it was supposed to be Washington versus USC, but Washington caught the COVID, so they are out of that one. Uh, But Oregon has stepped in. USC is a three-point favorite. I like USC in this one. They've won all their games close. I'm just going to go with them in another close one. Yep, I agree. I'm completely staying away from that game, but I do think USC is going to win. Yeah. Uh, You've got the uh, Conference USA Championship game. UAB, again, done really well for themselves after resurrecting their program against, though, a Marshall team that looked good until they just had that flat tire against Rice. Though Marshall, a five-point favorite. I've still got Marshall getting the win in that one. Yeah, this is actually my go-to-the-bank game. Uh, yeah, the Marshall definitely had a, a flat tire. Um, but, I mean, man, that quarterback they got, yeah, I know he threw five picks a couple weeks ago. He is something else. I, I think Marshall wins that game by two touchdowns. Go to the bank, take out all the money you can, bet it, double down. I'd give him double the points and still bet it. <laughs> I'll go with you on that one. Actually, my go-to-the-bank one is the uh, – one of the other championship games we've got on Friday, and that is the MAC championship game. Ball State, with just a weird play with all those laterals against, I think it was Western Michigan. Uh, Western Michigan fell flat. Players trying to run on the field. They thought the game was over, uh, but it wasn't. Ball State still getting a win, playing in a MAC championship game for the first time, I think, ever, uh, at least in the champion. They've won MAC titles, but there was never the championship game. They're playing a Buffalo team that's got the, the best player you've probably never heard of. In Jarrett Patterson, in five games, he's rushed for 1,025 yards. Yep, yeah, that running back that guy is incredible. Yeah, I mean, he ran for 409 yards and eight touched eight, eight touchdowns against Kent State earlier this year. That's a double Al Bundy, as I like to call it. Uh, <laughs> do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm That's I'm gonna cool. age myself out of that joke after a while with the four touchdowns in one game from Al Bundy, uh, but still. Love it. And again, I've got Buffalo. They're minus 13 and a half. Go to the bank. Bet all your money on Buffalo. They're going to win that game by more than two touchdowns. Agreed. Meanwhile, on to Saturday, you've got the Big Ten Championship game. I'm rooting for Northwestern, but I still think Ohio State wins it in a walk. They are a 20-point favorite. It's so crazy that a championship game has that large of a spread. You know what I mean? It is. I want Purple Vandy to pull it out. I hope Purple Vandy keeps it close. That would yep. be a lot of fun. Uh, but I do think Ohio State wins that game by at least two touchdowns. Yep. Meanwhile, you move on to the Big 12 championship game. Oklahoma just rinse, wash, rinse, repeat, death taxes. Oklahoma just wins Big 12 championships. But they're playing an Iowa State team that beat them already this season. And Iowa State's... Looking good. They're looking to win their first conference championship since 1912. Um, <laughs> the Titanic sunk in 1912. That's how long ago this was. Jesus. I, I, I'm, I, I still, it, it's one of these games where I flipped a coin because it's like, I, I don't know. Oklahoma just knows how to win this conference championship, even though there's no playoff spot on the line. But Iowa State's playing for history. And I just, maybe it's just something good happening in 2020. Give Iowa State this one. I've got them winning this game. Iowa State, buddy, uh, like you said, they've got more to play for. Um, this is a nothing year for Oklahoma. But you're telling me Iowa State's got a, you know, literally something to play for. And and Purdy, buddy, I'm telling you, man, he he's going to light it up. I think Iowa State wins this one um, by, by a touchdown. 
You've got then the conference, uh, or I'm sorry, the Sun Belt Championship game in just an amazing one. I'm looking forward to this one. You've got Coastal Carolina and Louisiana. They faced each other back on the 14th of October. Coastal Carolina uh, won at Louisiana 30 to 27 back then. It's going to be another good one. This time it's in uh, in Myrtle Beach. Coastal Carolina is favored by three. I've got the Chanticleers just finishing a perfect season. Yep, absolutely. Mullets are going to run it all, buddy. And then I hope they get some respect uh, that they won't get, but I'll be hoping um, that the, uh, the, the committee gives them a look. I, I hope they go out there and beat the hell out of them. Yeah, that would be great. That would be amazing to see. Uh, the Mountain West Championship game, San Jose State undefeated, which has been amazing. San Jose State has just been one of the worst programs in the major levels of college football for a long time. But they're undefeated this year, 6-0, ranked 24th in the rankings, playing, of course, the perennial power in the Mountain West in Boise State. But you know what? I'm still going with the good vibes. I'm going with San Jose State in this one. I, I, I've looked at some of the stats and everything. Boise State's a six-and-a-half-point favorite, but why not go uh, with San Jose State in this one? Yeah, I'm actually taking the money line based on almost nothing. Uh, I'm taking the money line for San Jose – I swear I know words – for San Jose State to win that game. Yeah. I'm, I mean, that's where I li- – I lived in San Jose. Like, I was born in South San Francisco, and then from age one until we moved in 1989 when I was in kindergarten, we lived in San Jose. So, this is a little – Home cooking, maybe. We'll see. I need it. Need a win. Oh, yeah. Uh, We're also going to look at the AAC championship game. This one should be another good one. Tulsa, 23rd in the country versus Cincinnati. Of course, Cincinnati trying to get some style points. They are favored by 14.5. Does Cincinnati get the win over the Golden Hurricane? I think they do. I think they win. I think they blow them out, buddy. Take, don't 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 sell the whole farm on it. But I think Cincinnati wins that game. Uh, I mean, I would give somebody eighteen points on it. All right, you've got, of course, now you've got the big two, uh, the ACC championship game. Clemson looking to avenge their only loss of the season against Notre Dame. Game taking place in Charlotte, North Carolina, home of Ric Flair. Woo! Woo! They are. Against, again, the undefeated Notre Dame team, depending on how things shake out, a uh, college football playoff spot on the line, uh, Clemson favored by 10.5. I don't know about that, but I've got Clemson getting this win. Notre Dame is going to win one for the Gipper. I'm telling you, take the money line. Notre Dame is going to beat them. They couldn't beat him earlier in the year. That back up to Trevor Lawrence is a hell of a quarterback. It's not going to make that much of a difference. Notre Dame is going to win that game and keep Clemson out of it. All right, and then meanwhile, and then that would open the door up for the last game, which we'll talk about in a second. But you've got the SEC championship game. Just again, the more things change, the more they stay the same. It's Alabama versus Florida. Uh, Alabama, a 17-point favorite. You wouldn't think you'd have that big of a spread in an SEC title game. My goodness. It's probably the biggest ever, I would say. Definitely close. You'd have to – yeah, I'd have to look. I'm sure there's been a couple of those where, like, a team snuck in. Yeah, Yeah, like that time Arkansas played Florida uh, or one of those. Anyway, I've got Alabama just destroying the Gators in this one. Yeah. is Nick Saban still the head coach at Alabama? Uh, yeah, and he's going to be at the game. He's through with his COVID, so yeah, he's going to be there. 
Okay, they're going to win the ACC championship then. Okay. Meanwhile, you've got Texas A&M versus our beloved Tennessee Vols. Uh, Tennessee has a chance to play spoiler. Uh, of course, the game is happening at noon, way before the SEC championship game kicks off. But Texas A&M, of course, their only loss is to Alabama. Texas A&M, a 14-point favorite going into this game. Uh, Tennessee looking to salvage something in this season. Um, I personally have the game not being that close. I've got Texas A&M winning 38-20 to uh, because I think, again, they know what's on the table. And Jimbo Fisher's been here before. It was with Florida State, but he knows what's on the line. I think they win handily against our beloved balls. Oh, Shibley. <laughs> I don't like that I have to be this guy on the podcast. You know what I mean? Like, but, there's going to be... But you're so good at it. No. Uh, Harrison Bailey's going to have a really good game. <laughs> We're going to get the offense going. It's going to look miraculous. You're not even going to believe it's the same team. <laughs> I don't even believe it. Uh, if Harrison Bailey can have a really good game, um, I think we keep him off balance, you know, with the quarterback switching. Uh, Eric Gray uh, is going to run for 200 yards. And I think that we're going to run away with this game. I got us winning 21 to 10. Okay. If that happens, that would be great. We'd come in with a just, again, just, it would be the happiest podcast we've had all year. If- oh, we're, we're coming into DJ Khaled music next week. All right. Okay. <laughs> yes, because we, I can totally afford to do that. Um, yeah, we will. But uh, anyway, that's going to wrap up this week's show. Uh, Trey, where can they uh, find you bringing the yucks, hopefully coming into the new year? I don't have a whole bunch of stuff planned right this second. Definitely uh, keep listening to this show, and I'll have some stuff definitely in the new year. But you can find me on Twitter at Trey Pack, T-R-E-P-A-C-K. You can find me on Instagram at Trey Pack one uh, You can also find me on the Facebook and that's where you'll see uh, all the stuff, all the places they're going to be telling these jokes. Um, just find me. It's just Trey Pack. Super easy to find. Um, other than that, if you you know need some yucks in your life and want to book a show, uh, just message me on Facebook. Sounds good. Of course, you can find me on Twitter, Michael underscore Shibley, bringing all the just craziness going on in the world of sports right there. And, of course, the Man in the Arena podcast pages on both Instagram and on Facebook, you can find my dumb ass holding a Smokey and uh, with an orange pom-pom in the logo. So it's all there. Uh, check us out. Give us a like. And, of course, wherever you listen to this fine podcast, please give us a five-star review. And also, our good friends over at Sagas and Shenanigans, where Trey, uh, myself, and a host of others, including my wife, Mrs. Shibbles, play Dungeons & Dragons. You've got Wild with a Y. Uh, some of our good buddies over there with Chase Dyer, Sam Donnelly, those the usual gang of idiots over there. Uh, BRB AFK video game podcast hosted by Boston and Ryan Shipley. And you've got geeks and hair to the earth. Just again, just great stuff from our friends. No network involved here. Just my good buddies, our good buddies doing some good shows. So, uh, but until next week, Trey, uh, you ready to hope for a good Vols win? Buddy, I'm going to come in here in a fur coat if we win this game. I would love to see that. Uh, you should send me a photo so I can just picture that. Uh, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll video chat the whole time, and I'll just be in here. I will just Ric Flair woo after every sentence if we win this game. That would be really interesting for me to edit, so that would be a lot of fun. I'd love that. All right. Well, Trey, you have a good week, and for everybody out there, too sweet. Love you. See you next time. Bye.